praise the Father. We praise the Son and the Holy Spirit. And, and this song even reminds us that it is Jesus Christ who established the church. It is Jesus Christ who sends the church. And it is Jesus Christ who uses his people to make his name known. So we are excited about this day and all that it holds. You can have a seat. Uh, it, is, it is one of those days, I, I believe that today is one of those days uh, for Colonial Heights that uh, could be one of those landmark kind of days. You know, the ones that you kind of uh, stone of remembrance kind of days. Uh, I think a thing about how in scripture that happens often, those Ebenezer stones are, are set down in place. And this was the day, this was the place, and this thing happened. And while today is one of those days where we, we get the just awesome privilege of uh, sending out people from our church for the glory of God, it is, it is a series of other stones along the way. If you talk to each one of the, those members going to Cross Community Church, there have been stones of remembrance in their lives, steps along the way. And if you talk to those that are going to the mission field, you'll, you'll find those stones of remembrance in their life. When, when God called them to salvation, when God stirred in them to, to make Christ known where he has never been heard before. So today is, is one of those days for us as a church. I do want to invite you. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to wait on this. Well, go ahead. Turn to Colossians chapter 1. You might have been thinking that, hey, it's, Chad, maybe you didn't know, it's commissioning Sunday, so you're supposed to preach on the Great Commission. Uh, maybe you thought that's where I would be today. I considered that. Maybe you thought, oh, you'll preach one of those other Great Commission passages that are in the other Gospels, or maybe the one that's in Acts, right? Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and cover that for us. Maybe you thought I would preach from my favorite psalm, Psalm 67. The nations would be glad and sing for joy. We would be a, we'd be blessed to be a blessing because we are saved to be sent. And we would look at those kinds and all of those would have been good. You might think maybe you should have gone to Acts 13, Chad. This is when the, the first missionaries are really sent out. There's a commissioning app and they lay hands on them, the whole deal. So you should probably have gone there. And I thought about that as well. The truth is all of those would have been excellent choices. In fact, there's not many places in scripture we couldn't go, right? If we're reminded over and over of what Christ has done for us, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, and the, the gift that that is should compel us to make him known. But I'm choosing today Colossians chapter 1, because I believe that when we see the most accurate picture of Jesus, the Christ, the promised one, that we cannot help but surrender ourselves to his plan. When we come face to face with the beauty of our Savior and the dreadful reality of the lostness in the world, we will have to take steps of obedience. Truth is, I guess you don't have to take steps of obedience. You could choose to disobey. But my 
pleading with you even from the start is that whatever it is that you hear from the Lord today, obey him. And I'm, I'm fair warning, there could be some hard things for you to do, hard steps for you to take, but be obedient. Be obedient to whatever it is the word of God speaks to us today. So let's look to these three steps, steps of obedience that we'll see in Colossians chapter one. We're, we're going to kind of go out of order. I don't usually like to do that, but we're going to go out of order just a little bit of the text. But I think you'll see why in just a minute. So step one, I want you to see Jesus in his glory. See Jesus in his glory. I can think of really no better passage than this one. Look with me at verses 15 and following as it describes who Jesus is. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. I'll tell you, uh, on the onset, like that's, that's several sermons worth in this one text. But I'm going to try to condense this sermon today, so we're going to have to fly through some of them more fast than I would like. But what we see in this passage, initially, we're reminded that he is God. Jesus is God. Don't miss this. Some of us, he's not just a, a prophet, like uh, one of the 25 prophets that the, the people of Islam believe exists. He's not just one of the good prophets. He is God, an image of the invisible, right? He's actually God in the flesh. I think of John 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus actually is God. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This passage even tells us that he's the fullness of God, was pleased to dwell in him. It means he's not like partial God. It's one of the great mysteries of, of the, the deity, right? How is it that Jesus was fully human and fully God? I guess in some ways it's good that there's parts of God that we can't understand, right? We would have a pretty small God if we could understand all of him. So this, this fullness of God is pleased to dwell. He is God. He is creator, for by him, verse 16, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So in this, uh, this one verse, right, we find that it is created by him. This, again, is a reminder or it demonstrates his godness. I don't even know if godness is a word, but it is now. Right? You understand what I mean? Right? Right? 
this, this is a display that Jesus is, is like proving that he's God. He wasn't created. We'll, we'll talk about that even more in just a minute. But he wasn't a created being just because he was born, given to us in human form. Jesus was there at creation. He, he actually did the work. In fact, it was created through him. So it demonstrates his role within the Trinity. And guess what else? It's made for him. I need you to raise your hand right now if you were created. If your hand is not up, you are a liar, okay? Or you're just asleep, one or the other. But, but the reality is that means that we were created for Christ. If your hand was just up or if your hand wasn't, you were just trying to be the one person who didn't do that, you were, you were designed for the glory of God. You were made, built. Like we could talk about all day long how like marvelous it is that God intricately wove us together in our mother's womb, designed us fearfully and wonderfully made. But you're not just like fearfully and wonderfully made like because you're prettier than somebody else. You were designed for the very glory of God. Like you were made so that, that we would give him praise and honor for all eternity. You were made to obey him, to surrender your life to him. Because he created you, he deserves it. So, so don't miss this. You need Jesus. Like this, this is that kind of reminder. You need Jesus. Like for your life to have purpose, you have to have him who gives us all, who's created all of us. So he is God, he is creator, he is sustainer. Verse 17, one of my favorite attributes to discuss about God, verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Right? I, I, we, we could talk about how like, emotionally we, would, we fall apart. You heard that phrase? Like, oh, I just fell apart. I've already fallen apart three times this morning, right? Like how, how we, we fall apart. Or we just, whew, I just need somebody to like hold all the pieces together. You know those, those moms? I got a, a mom at my house, the, the wife, my wife, and she like holds everything together at our house, right? She keeps all of the things in order and people in line. It's miraculous. But a greater miracle is that this one who created all of us didn't just step back and say, good luck. It's, it's, he's not just some like Santa Claus in the sky who sits on his throne laughing at your like ridiculousness or my ridiculousness. No, he is like intricately involved. And yes, at the grand scale, keeping the sun at a certain distance from the earth the earth on a certain axis, and the earth like in its orbit, and all of those sort of things. But he's also the one who's keeping skin all over your muscles and muscles around your bones. And he's the one that's keeping your heart beating or your eyes opening and closing, hopefully more open right now than shut. He's the one that's doing all of these things, every little detail. 
The fact that you're able to hear me while you're also seeing me, while you're also like scratching your arm, while you're also telling your child to, hey, be quiet for just another second. Like all of those things are happening at one time and none of that is hard for him to hold together. And he's doing that for almost 8 billion people on the planet at the same time. Jesus is good. He is God. He is creator. He is sustainer. He is first. He's described as the firstborn of all creation. Not to be mistaken, he's not the first one created. That would have been the word prototistos. But the word chosen here is actually protokos, which is firstborn. So this is a description, really, of him being first, best, most important. This is why also he's described as head of the body, the, the church, verse 18. Think about this. I mean, we all know this, I think. You take off the head, life is over. Right? I mean, I don't, maybe you didn't know that, but now you do. Okay? No head, no life. So catch this. The church is not alive without its head. So, so when we say that Jesus established the church, if we don't have him, if we don't exalt him, if we don't look to him, we're, like, we're not just like wandering around aimlessly. We're totally dead, limp, useless body. He's head. He's first. He's the beginning, it says in verse 18. The first, right, uh, head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. And we're also told later in another passage, he's the end. So he's it. First, last, beginning, end. Alpha, omega, A, Z, whatever. He is it, church. And maybe, maybe the most glorious gift of it all, he is atonement. Look at verse 20. Through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. I can't, I can't talk about Jesus this way and not urge you to surrender your life to the one who died for you. You see, this perfect God who is creator, he he is holy in all of his ways, and we are sinful in all of ours. Like apart from the grace of God, we will always choose to sin. We will separate ourselves from him. And that punishment for that is death. So Jesus, the very son of God, the one who was there at creation, the one who sustains us, the one who is first, he humbled himself, came to earth, living a, a life you could not live, and dying a death that you deserve to die. I deserve to die. His blood on the cross spilled for us. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sins. But I'm telling you today that if you would turn away from your sin, yourself, your stuff, your ideas of what you think is best, if you would surrender all of that and trust in Jesus, repent and believe, that you will be rescued, saved from a place called hell and saved into a place called heaven and get to experience all of eternity with this Jesus. This is step one. See Jesus in all of his glory. And step two, serve Jesus for 
his glory. Told you we were kind of out of order. We're going to continue and go into verse 21. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Right? If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This, this idea of serving Jesus right, comes from a, a reality that we are to live by faith and remain steadfast. Our life has to be a life that is lived out by our faith, by actually continually trusting in Jesus. This is not a one-time emotional thing where you walk down an aisle and you get dunked in some water and then, then you never live out that faith. Genuine faith is faith that is continual. It, it still stays and remains. During the life group leader training this uh, just a week ago, it was one of the points of discussion was remaining stable and steadfast. Those life group leaders, like, we, we need you to stay stable and steadfast regularly here, week in and week out. Kylie didn't use those words stable and steadfast last week in his sermon, but that was the idea behind his message, right? It's not just that we're sending out people hoping that they'll be stable and steadfast and we can be flimsy and weak. We, we, we stay back here to like coast. Is that our plan? If you were wondering, no, that is not our plan, right? Okay, I, I, need, I, wanna, I wanna do something because so often, and, and especially from what you might hear from me, um, I'm gonna do something that I didn't ask any of your permissions for. Please love me anyway. If you are uh, a, a volunteer, if you work with life groups at all, right? So you, you lead a life group uh, probably in the hour just before this or the hour we're about to go into. Would you stand at this time? So preschool, children, students, adults, senior adults, whatever. If you lead any of those life groups, we praise God for you. You are being stable and steadfast. Remain, remain standing for just, wait, don't sit down yet. Uh, I just wanna pray a prayer over you, asking God to continue to use you. We, we need more of yous, out yous, you know what I mean? We need, we need more of you. And so uh, I, I, wanna, I wanna ask God to, to use you 
uh, in this next year for his glory. So let's pray. God, we pray your blessing on these brothers and sisters who are giving of their, uh, their comfort of being in a life group, maybe. Maybe they're giving up of their, their, uh, some of their week to prepare for such a Sunday. And I pray that you would, you would use those, maybe even that are sitting, that would say, I can do what they're doing. I can be a part of that. I can be a part of making disciples by making disciples right here at Colonial Heights. Of even our youngest to our oldest, God, I pray, use them well. God, I, I plead with you, make mighty impact for the glory of your name and the, your kingdom through these brothers and sisters. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Live by faith and remain steadfast. Suffer by faith and steward truth. Did you catch that? Suffer by faith. Uh, we, we don't like the idea of suffering. We would like to ignore it sometimes. We would like to pretend like maybe it's going to go away. But Paul actually says the opposite, like embrace it. Rejoice in sufferings. The ones that are for your sake, at least, God. In my flesh, I'm filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Paul says this about sufferings repeatedly. He talks about it in Romans chapter 8. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter. Like sufferings is a, is a normal part of the Christian life. I've said this before. I will say it repeatedly, probably again. Life is hard. Like know it. There's a variety of types of suffering. But, but catch what Paul says in Romans 8. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. It is a momentary affliction. No matter, no matter if it is all the days of your life, it is momentary. It is but a mist for when in comparison to the eternal glory. And this says this is lacking in uh, like what, what Christ's afflictions, this is not like an insufficient lacking. It means that it hasn't all fully happened yet. So we suffer by faith. And some of those who are going to be on this stage in just a few moments, like, in fact, all of them, I would argue, are sacrificing. I think of uh, at least one brother that is going with Cross who has been a member and a part of Colonial Heights Baptist Church for over 40 years. And in my four years, He's missed less Sundays than I have. And I don't really miss very often. But saying, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Make Christ known. Suffer. Because this suffering doesn't compare to the truth that we are called to steward for the glory of God. So what does that look like? It looks that we proclaim by faith and provide warning. Verse 28 and 29, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. I wonder for you today who aren't going to be up on this stage, who is it that you are hearing today that, that Jesus is asking you to share him with? You know how people come to know Jesus? Same way you did. Someone told them. You know, someone told you how to follow Jesus. You either heard it in a sermon, you heard it in life groups, Sunday school, vacation Bible school. Your parents told you, your brother told you, your sister, your grandparents, some kid at school, a person at work, co-worker. 
that's the same way all the other people find out. So who are you supposed to be telling? Who in this room, here's what I wonder, who in this room is being called to serve in another context? You say, Chad, we're already, we're sending like 50 people. I think that's enough. No, it's not. There's a, there's a very large lost world. So we need more of you to go. And as the pastor, that's really scary to say. Who in this room is being disobedient in your lack of service in this context? Maybe there's some of you in here who just saw all those people standing and said, glad I'm not doing that. When you know good and well, you should have said yes three weeks ago. Finally, we will go back to the beginning of Colossians 1 as we seek Jesus for our good. See, we always thank God, verse 3, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been changed, right? We, we went from the domain of darkness to redeemed and forgiven of our sins in the kingdom of God. That's a drastic difference. Paul describes it other places as death to life. It's not just like, oh, we were in a dark room and now the lights got turned on. We went from dead, right? No head to alive. There is no more drastic difference. So when we want to seek Jesus, Here's how we pray. We pray with thanksgiving for our family is faithful. Colonial Heights. Um, there are a lot of things that thrill me as a pastor. I love to see people come to know Jesus, to do baptisms, that's probably the top of the list. I, I do really enjoy this time. Don't think you're surprised by that. I like to preach. Uh, I like to, to
to see things begin to, to take shape. I, I love watching um, I, today as, as those, those young ones are in this room for the first time. Like that's, as a pastor, that's fun to watch. Kids learning about worship. But church, today is a day that I get to look out at you and celebrate God using you to be faithful. There is a peculiar faithfulness at Colonial Heights. Maybe, maybe too peculiar, honestly. But the reality that there are many who have said yes. I'm, I'm thankful because I prayed for this for the last four years. God, raise up people, send them out. And then I crazily prayed, do more than I ask or imagine. I did not imagine 50 on one Sunday. <laughs> so I, I say to you, when you speak to God next, thank him. Thank him for the faithfulness of your church family. But we also pray with hope, right? Verse five, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, we pray with hope for the lost need Jesus. You know, there are lost people all around us, certainly even in our town, in our community, but there are lost people in Rankin County that need Jesus. There are lost people in Uganda, France, and there are lost people all over the world. We're, we're raising up people for the glory of God that they might be sent there. There are people who have never heard the name of Jesus. And so we're praying with hope. God, send more laborers to the harvest for the lost need Jesus. And and pray with confidence, for the victory is won. Right? He has already won. We don't, we don't go into this wondering, what's the outcome going to be? He's already, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of the beloved son. We have redemption. Church, we are redeemed in Christ. We've been forgiven of our sins. Victory has already happened. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't go into sending people to other nations, to other continents. We don't go into sending people, even just across town wondering who's gonna win. Christ is gonna win over and over and over. And I look at the, in the eyes of those missionary families, I look into the eyes of, of a new pastor and I say, Jesus is going to win. If you are obedient to him, you cannot fail. And, and I want you to hear this from your church. You might get there and it might be a long road and there might not be any salvations in your tenure and you will still not be a failure because you have been obedient to the king. And we will, we will love you and support you regardless, as long as you're obedient. You stay obedient. Allow God to do the work. Don't, don't turn to your own ways. Don't shift your thoughts and your plans. So, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, in, in just a moment, 
Uh, I'm going to call up different individuals and families that uh, we are going to pray over. And so uh, it, it will be, hopefully, that there will be lots of people up here on the stage with me. And there will be a short little video clip from some of them. And so here's what I'm asking for from you, is that you will commit to pray for them now, and that you will commit to pray for them for years to come. In fact, I ask that as they come and you watch these videos, pay close attention to their words. And if there are things that uh, I say that give kind of steps of what their next steps are, uh, then I would, I would ask that you, you might even take notes on that. Hey, I need to pray for this person and what they're doing next. Um, if you are one of those people or those groups, and when you see your video come on the screen, you can just come up here to me, and then stay up here till everybody else gets up here, okay? So uh, turn your attentions to the screen at this time. Thank you, Colonial Heights, for your encouragement and support over my journey thus far. And as I am about to head to Chad for a year, I've just been so encouraged through that process and I know that your encouragement will help me and my team to persevere through the long days on the field. And as I go to Chad, continue to pray for me and my team that we would have satisfaction and strength through Christ to, to persevere through the, the long hard days and that we would continue to learn the language and that we would, the Lord would bring the gospel, bring the light of the gospel to the tribal people group we are working with. Thank you so much. So this is Ellie Brooker, and Ellie uh, has been with us during her college days, and super thankful for that. And uh, now she is going uh, in just about a month, a little less than a month, just a few weeks, uh, headed to the country of Chad, to a very, very remote area. Um, of the like, desert, right? And so uh, she will be there for a year at least and really exploring what that might look like uh, for her to be there even longer. And so she has been a part of this. She's met with our elders and we have been praying for her as well. And so uh, we're excited to see what God does with you, Ellie. Ellie, if you'll stand right over here and uh, then we'll see who the next one on the screen is. Our family will be serving with Four Corners Ministry in Northern Uganda. I think of Paul's writing to, to the Philippians when he says, I thank my God in all remembrance of you because of your partnering and sharing the gospel uh, from the first day until now. I'm grateful for a pastor who faithfully preaches the whole counsel of God's word and who challenges us um, in the great commission of sharing Christ both here and amongst the nations. Uh, I am thankful for our elders and staff and church members who have walked along, alongside us from the very beginning, praying and seeking, encouraging, and shepherding us according to God's word. Thank you uh, for your sacrificial and joyful giving of your time and resources. I think about our mission statement here at Colonial Heights. Together, we glorify God by making disciples of all nations. It's a together task. And so as we are being commissioned to be sent out, it's also good for us to be reminded that God uses you, the local body church, alongside us to make the gospel known in Africa. And 
by holding the ropes, by being diligent to pray, to encourage, to know our needs and to, to supply the needs needed for the gospel to continue and to increase. And so we are glad to be part of this body. Um, we are excited about partnering together for the gospel. And we look forward, as Paul says at the end of Philippians, we look forward to reporting to you the fruit that increases to your credit. This is the Edgar family, as you just heard, and uh, they are headed to one of our already partners uh, in four, four corners uh, in Gulu, Uganda, so northern Uganda. And uh, yeah, it, is, it has been a joy to walk this journey with you for the last few years and to see how God has worked. You've also met with our elders, and we've been praying for you for some time as we've been working through this. And so we are delighted to see you guys in just the next couple weeks take this step of obedience and moving your family there. So excited for that. And so if y'all will stand right over here and we'll see who is next. Hello, Colonial Heights. Uh, we are so grateful for you and um, the time that we've been able to spend with you over the last year. It has truly been a blessing to our family, our kids. Um, uh, an abundance of joy has been brought to us through that. From kids being baptized to just the kindness that we've experienced from you. Um, in Philippians 4, Paul talks about how he can do all things through Christ who strengthens him, which is true, and yet then he says right after that, he says, yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. And previous to coming to Colonial, we had some trouble, um, but the Lord has been so kind to bring you into our lives, and we are so grateful for you, and so looking forward to partnering with you. And so, as we as we now head out, also from Philippians, um, it says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. And so I'm so grateful to know that what he has begun in us will continue until we go to heaven. And what he has began in you will continue until um, we all one day worship before the throne. Mm -hmm. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the Vote family. And uh, they've been with us the last year and a half or so. And so, uh, I mean, you all have met with our elders. We've had those conversations as well. And... We are so delighted to. Uh, yours will be a little bit longer from now, so uh, Lord willing, be able to move in October. Um, but we wanted them to be a part of this day, uh, so we'll still see them around for a little bit longer, but so encouraged by your faithfulness and obedience to him. So if you all just kind of take another step back, and we'll see again who is next. It's kind of fun to keep saying hey, next. Hey, church family, we just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for uh, the way that you have poured into our lives over the last four years. We are so grateful for all of you and we know that we would not be at the place where we are as prepared as we are to begin this journey if it wasn't for the impact that each and every one of you have made in our lives and preparing us for this journey yeah echoing what keith said we really cannot count the ways that all of you have played a role in us getting to this point on this day that we are preparing for this journey and we thank you for your partnership in accountability and encouragement in your financial blessing and certainly your prayers and it is a true uh, 
joy and privilege for us to call you our brothers and sisters in Christ and our partners as we prepare to leave. And we pray that you will continue to partner with us and hold the rope with us as we go. Now this is the Marsh family, and uh, they are headed this week to uh, Mexico, where they will be training specifically to move again, hopefully maybe in another year or so, uh, to uh, unreached people, to a, a place that has never heard the gospel, never known of Jesus, uh, potentially even to do the work of translation and those sort of things. So they'll, they'll go for this next year to learn how to do those things well. And so uh, we are thrilled. Again, you have met with our elders. You've met, uh, even, even ordained recently. And so we are, are thrilled to be able to say that we're holding the rope with you. So if y'all step back this way, and then I think we have a cross coming this way. As we've been going through this process of launching and planting uh, Cross Community Church over in Northwest Rankin County, a lot of people have asked us how we're feeling and how things are going for us. Uh, and uh, my go-to answer has been that we are uh, equal parts excited about all the things that God is doing and also absolutely terrified. Um, but even as we get closer to it, there's also some sadness that is mixed in there as well as we are really preparing to, to leave Colonial Heights Baptist Church. And, uh, and so we want to mention that just to say that uh, we are just so appreciative of all that you as a church have done for us. Uh, when I took this position to serve as a resident here on staff, we knew that this was a temporary assignment. And so we knew coming in that we would one day be right here to be sent out from this church to go uh, pastor somewhere else. And uh, even knowing that this entire time, it hasn't really made that part, this part any easier. Uh, we, we love this church. We uh, love the people that we have gotten to know and uh, just the relationships that we've been able to experience. And in addition to that, uh, as uh, we have been going through the church planning process, I've gotten to know and gotten to meet lots of other church planters in this state. And in this situation, the, the level of support uh, financially um, and just equipping and resources and sending people with us to start Cross Community Church. Uh, the, the level of engagement that you are having as a parent church is really just kind of unheard of. And, and so we are just uh, overwhelmingly thankful for all that you are doing for us. We, we appreciate your prayers moving forward. And uh, just again, thank you so much for all that you have done for us as we uh, get ready to, to leave and go on this new adventure that God is sending us out on. Thank you. So that is Matthew and Brandy Smith and their kids and a slew of other people. Uh, I won't go through all of your names, uh, but as many of you have heard and known before, um, uh, yeah, next week you guys have your first official worship gathering together and uh, it's really good. This is certainly more than, you can stay standing. Uh, this is more than we asked or imagined. Uh, 
but we serve a God who does just that, who does more than we could ask or imagine dreams. Like he doesn't have to dream it. He just makes it happen. And so uh, I'm so, so thankful for you and for your obedience. For many of you, take it. this is a major, major, major step. We don't see this as a, as a small thing for all of you who are taking this step. So we, we praise God for your obedience. So here's what I want to do. Like we often do, we kind of, uh, I can't get you all on the stage. So we're just going to uh, put our hands out as though we are all laying our hands on them praying for them. And uh, then I have a, a couple other things as y'all get off the stage. So let me, let me lead us in prayer. God, you are so good to us. And your, your sending of your son Jesus has, has done this. And you are, you are using your people and we trust you're using them for your glory. God, we, we do. We want people to know you. We want more people to, uh, to experience life with you. We want them to go from death to life. And we are asking, God, that you would use Cross Community Church, that you would use the Marshes and the Edgars and the Votes and Ellie, God, that you would use them for your glory. Wherever it is that they land, God, use them. Make, make them uh, stable and steadfast in the work of making you known. We do pray for the, the fruit to, to bear. God, I pray when it doesn't, when there are hard seasons, I pray that you would sustain them, that they would find strength in your word and by your spirit, that the spirit would comfort them. When distractions come, when temptations come, I pray that you would heal them, work in them, move in them in a way that we will be able to look and say, this is only you. In fact, all of this is something we could say, only you did this. We can't, we can't conjure this up. I certainly wasn't dreaming this big. So God, use, use them well for your glory and replenish them. These are, our, uh, these are A players. They're the ones that lead and serve and volunteer and work. And so we got, God, we, we need you to, to do more of that. We ask, call to the Lord of the harvest to raise up more laborers. And we pray this all in your son's name, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. As they are making their way back, back to their seats, I'll kind of try to get out of the way. If y'all head back to your seats, uh, uh, y'all can be seated. And I, I want to just offer this kind of concluding thought to us. I wonder if after seeing this type of surrender, will you surrender your life to him? You've heard the gospel presented today. You've heard of Jesus in this way. If you have never called on Jesus for salvation, turning away from your sin and trusting in him, in just a minute, we're going to sing, and, and to my left, right here in this room, there's going to be some here who, who would love to talk to you about that, answer questions you have, maybe even just rejoice with you over a decision you've just now made. Maybe you have already surrendered your life to Christ, but after seeing this, you say, I'm supposed to be next.
or in line. And so maybe today you would walk to this room and say, I don't know what next is, but I know I'm supposed to go somewhere and I need the church to know now. I need the church to pray for me now. I need the church to equip me now. That you would make your way to this room and say, I'm in. Wherever, whenever. And maybe, maybe you have surrendered your life to Christ and and you're a guest here. And maybe today is that day that you say, I want to be a part of a church that does that. Maybe today you would say, I want to belong to Colonial Heights. And certainly share that with us that we might rejoice and take those next steps of obedience. Now, we're going to all respond, whether it's by moving to this room and asking questions or simply giving God the most glory he deserves. So lift your voice to the one who is king, the one and only Jesus. Would you stand with me as we respond?